Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. All right, all right. Hey, everybody. How we doing? Good. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Anna and I took the kids and we road tripped all the way to Oklahoma. I know, I know. You're thinking, that's an amazing guy right there. Uh, it probably will be the last time that we do that. I'm just teasing, Anna. Whatever you want. All right, stand to your feet. Join me. We do this series every December. We just entitle it A Gift Given. And we talk about the gifts that God has given us and how we steward those gifts. And really, if I can break it down, it's this, how God gives us this gifts. He gives us a vision for life. Today, we're going to talk about integration, what it is to live with integrity and, and how God gives us and he hands humanity this gift and humanity cannot live that gift, but Jesus can. And Jesus does. And so we look and we go, here's the holiness of God. We cannot measure up to it. Jesus does. And in Jesus, you and I can. So each week we're going to talk about these gifts that God has given. Genesis 1:26 says this, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and over the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish and the sea, the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. Come on, let's pray. Kate, bow your heads with me. Estero, come on, let's bring our hearts to the Lord. Father, right now, We ask that today would be a day that, Holy Spirit, you speak to our hearts. Because when you speak, Lord, we're forever changed. We don't need man's wisdom. We need revelation by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. We ask you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Cape Coral, you may be seated as well. So Genesis 1 is this beautiful opening of the vision that God has for humanity. And we, we've talked out of these verses before, and, and I want to do so today. But what I want you to see from these verses is God does not give humanity a vision for living that is segmented. He doesn't tell them to be one thing in a work environment, another thing in a, in a relationship environment, and then another, something else with him. He gives this vision that is fully integrated of of life with him, walking with him. And yet, as we get into life, we get into these places where where, where life, we get in different environments and all of a sudden we feel pressure to be something in this environment. And then we we work a job and we get in this environment and we we get a little pressure to be something else in this work environment. And then we come together at, on Sundays and you guys look so great. You dressed, you took a bath, you smell good. 
And we get together in these environments and there can be this false pressure of performance. Segmenting us into different people in different places of our lives. And I just want to tell you, that will wear you out. It will rob you of the joy that you've been created to live with and the fellowship that God has for you with him. Integrated is defined by this, the dictionary defines it as this, combining or coordinating separate elements as so to provide a harmonious, integrated, or interrelated whole. This is, is from the word integrity. The first time that we see the word integrity is found in Genesis chapter 20, and it's a pagan, a king named Abimelech. And, and let me just set it up for you. So, so Abraham and Sarah, Abraham called by God, the father of faith, he's traveling with his wife, but the custom of that day was kings, they, they, they would have this little uh, comparison game with each other and you knew that your king was a big deal by the size and the number of women that he had in his harem. Amen. And so kings were, were adding to their harem as much as they could and these, these pictures of how great he was and, and that, that was how it was. And so Abraham knew this and he knew Sarah was a beautiful woman. He married a beautiful woman. Somebody say amen. amen. Husbands, you are welcome for the points I just scored for you. <laughs> Use them wisely. <laughs> so uh, Abraham, he's afraid. And he's like, oh, I, I got to do something here. I don't want Sarah to get taken. And it's interesting that the thing that he fears happens. And so he tells Sarah, hey, I'm going to tell him that you're my sister so, I don't, so he doesn't kill me and take you. And, and, but he still, he takes her. And Sarah goes along with it. But what, what happens is Abimelech is moved out of his normal behavior by God. And the only reason that scripture points us to that he's moved out of his normal behavior by God is that he was living, excuse me, he was living with integrity. Look at this, Genesis 20, let's skip down to verse uh, three. It says, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman you have taken for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, not his custom. New wife, new night, that was his custom. He said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even her, she herself said, he is my brother. This is the first time that we find this word in scripture. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. So the first time that we see this word of an integrated life, someone that at the very least was behaving the same in every environment that they were in, God says, because you were living by integrity, not perfection, but by integrity, I am willing to step in and keep you from sinning. It's fascinating. So what I want to put in front of us and just walk us through a little bit is just some of the... the, the different 
worlds that we get into. So let, let's have some fun. I, I, I like philosophy enough to be dangerous here. So let's see what we can find. So let, let's create a segment called love. And this will encompass things like, like friendships, Okay, it'll, it'll encompass things like uh, golf. Okay, good. I know who I'm talking to today, I like it. All right, so we're gonna put a big circle here in the middle for faith. Is that all right? Can you guys see that okay? Or at least on the screens. Cape, I hope you can see that okay. And then we'll have another big circle here. We'll call this one work. So there, there are so many little facets that, that you can go off of these places. But, but what I want you to see is, is that, that without meaning to, sometimes our lives can get segmented into we live a certain way in relationships, in family, in dating, we, we live a certain way when we're, we're together, whether it's in a group or on Sundays, and then we can live a certain way in our vocations, in the jobs that we're doing. And I, I want us to, to just dig into these a little bit because the, the plan and the purpose of God for us is that not that we live differently in different areas of our life, but that we are integrated in life with Christ living from a place of rest, not having to change ourselves and to adapt to the pressure of different environments. Jesus is the most unpressured person who has ever existed. When you read the gospels, there is not a time that he is bothered by anything around him. Now there are times that he moves because of faith, but there is not a time where negative environments bother him in the least, up until his death. He, he is, is just free in this wonderful way. He's not hurried, he's not rushed. He's going about his day and a woman caught in adultery is thrown at his feet and he feels the pressure of a religious system and religious spirit saying, do something about it and he's not moved out of a place of love and compassion for her. Grace and truth in perfection, fully integrated. And so what, what God wants to do, and I wanna, I wanna uh, just kind of dig into this because what I want you to understand is if we don't have a vision for, for life in Christ in these areas, we will live segmented. You gotta have a vision for what do I look like in, in my life as a follower of Jesus on a date, at church, and at my job. Because if you don't have a vision, you're gonna be in this vague place and you're gonna be subject to how you respond in that moment. Listen, I had a, a, a young adult uh, woman, I was talking with her this last week, and fellas, let me tell you, she's beautiful beautiful young adult woman. And you know what she said to me? She was like, I just feel like there's not any good guys. I was like, I'm sorry. Because I see them. I see guys that could be good guys. I'm sorry that you're not finding them. You know why she's not finding them? Because she's living with integrity. 
And what she's finding are, are, are guys that are being subject to the culture of this world and don't have a vision for what it is to live and to, to go, this is how I'm going to conduct myself as a man of God. So let's go into some questions here about it. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two says this, write the vision, make it plain. It's a great verse. It's like preaching red meat. Everybody likes it. Write the vision, make it plain. But they, they skip verse one. Verse one says, I will wait on the Lord. And if you're not willing to wait on the Lord to have vision, then whose vision do you have? Is it a trustworthy one? So we're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to go to the Lord for this. Questions about love. Let's get practical here. What are questions to answer? How do I become integrated in who I am as a follower of Jesus living in relationship? First question I want you to see, what are you looking for or what have you found? Like what, what, what am I looking for? Am I, am I looking for just a match that the app I'm using presently tells me is a match? Or do I have a vision from God for what I am looking for in someone that, that can, we can walk together following Jesus in full dependence on Jesus? Have I asked myself these questions? Or if you're married, what have I found? You know, when we were in Oklahoma, Ed and I, we went out there for Thanksgiving and, and we got to, to connect with some friends from college and talk. And, and you know, you, you, you talk and it kind of goes back, your mind goes back to where you were. And y'all, I have not forgot the dumpster fire that I was before Jesus. <laughs> And I also don't, I have not forgot where uh, I was in this place of loneliness. I was at a college, Old Roberts University had a four to one girls to guy ratio. And I felt it just made things worse because I'm like, I'm in a four to one ratio and I feel like there's nobody in this world for me. And I remember I was talking to my mom and I'd cry to mom about it. And she would say things like, oh, honey, I just pray all the bad ones away. And I felt better because I'm like, oh, okay, that's the excuse I use. <laughs> that's why they're all saying no. It's because mom's just praying them away. That's it. But, but as, as husbands and wives, have we forgot who God brought into our lives? I, forgot, I, I don't want to forget who, who, what it was like when, when Anna Hall or Anna Davis at that point opened the door and, and I met her, I saw her for the first time. I've been chasing ever since. <laughs> and so what am I looking for? What do I have? Who is priority? Kids, spouse, th these are things that we, we, we cannot allow culture in, in a reactive place to shape. Say, so what do you mean by that? I'm saying when you're raising kids and, and we have, we have th this, this world and this time where there are more blended families than ever, invite the Lord into it. Do you realize that God's plan in the covenant of marriage is that, that husbands and wives prioritize each other and actually your kids are the beneficiaries of that. If you raise your kids above the priority that you have for each other, they will suffer for it. The other day, Sadie, we were getting ready in the morning and Sadie just spouted out to Anna. She just goes, uh, hey mom, dad, uh, dad told us he loves you more than he loves us. It's like, I don't, I don't think I said it that way. 
don't think you're wrong, but I don't think I said it that way. <laughs> and so we talked about it. And I just, I didn't say it that way. <laughs> but we've talked about, listen, there's going to be a day where y'all are, you, you have your own families and you're gone and we're going to come visit. I'm going to tear apart your house and make the biggest <laughs> mess. And then I'm going to leave. It's going to be awesome. I, get, I just get happy just talking about it, just thinking about it. Like, I'm not going to leave a room out. I'm going to go to every bathroom, every playroom that you have. And so they know there's a day that, that's going to happen where, where Anna and I are going to be empty nesters. They're going to be living their life. And listen, if we do not ask ourselves these questions, if we do not have a vision, then we will get to that day and look at each other and go, now what? Now how do we do this? We're two different people. And so these are things that we have to visit, that we have to know in order to be integrated as a man, a woman of God. Number three, what value does scripture have in my home and my relationships? What does the word of God speak to? Number four, what are the ethical tensions that need to be answered? Listen, on a date is not the time that you decide whether or whether or not to sleep with someone. And I'm not saying this from a place of judgment. Listen, I, I, when I ran from the Lord, I ran from the Lord, and I have the scars to prove it. And I have in, been in, in desperate need of what God alone can do in redeeming and restoring my heart and so I could be a safe place for Anna. And he does that. But listen, this is the place that, that to be fully integrated, Men, I want you to know, women are, are looking, the right kind of woman is looking for the strength of a man who knows the vision of God for his life and isn't waiting for a weak moment from you for the night to go on. It's just, it's just how it is. Like, and, and, and listen, women, for, for you, I was with some friends this last week and, and uh, I was talking with the husband and he, he was talking about the, the moment that he, he knew that his wife was the one for him was the moment that he heard from her the vision that she had for her life. And as he began to pressure her, she just told him like, that is never gonna happen. <laughs> and he, he took a step back. But listen, and, and, and please, please, please do not allow the enemy to speak any condemnation or judgment in this place. Listen, I, I was there. I'm speaking to it because I know what it is to be stuck in that place. And what we do is we invite the Lord, Lord, what is the vision that you have for my life? He sees what we don't see. He sees what he has and the story that he's writing that is good five years, 10 years, 15 years from now. We got to ask these questions. Number five, who answers the questions? Like who, who, who do we go to? I'm in this, this, this continual place. Anna and I are in this continual place with our kids where they, the, the questions that they have, being in the culture and the environment that we have, we have a more sexualized culture and environment than ever before. And so we have the, these times, and there's times that, and lately it's, it's all at night. <laughs> and like Anna and I will be going around and talking and praying with them, and then I'll go downstairs, and there's been numerous times where Anna's come downstairs, and she's like, you got to get back up there. 
So parents, listen, if you're, you're going, Josh, I don't know how to have that conversation. It, you don't have to know how. You just simply need to have it. You got to step into that. Do not allow this place, the questions that our kids have about sexuality to become a vacuum that the world speaks into. Don't, don't allow it. Say, Josh, I, I, I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it either. But listen, you just got to embrace the awkward. You do. Like, can, can we have a, a really real moment? I'm going to tell you a really real moment. My son, we were, I was putting him to bed, and, and he, he has some questions. Like, Brooks is nine, and Brooks is growingly aware of females. And, and when I say that, I mean he's growingly aware of the female body. Okay. And so <laughs> we had this moment where he was like, dad, uh, what, uh, I've been thinking about stuff and, uh, and I'm like, boobs. <laughs> and Brooks goes, oh my gosh, dad, how do you say it so easy? Listen, he has to have a safe place to know, how do I invite Jesus into this? If we don't step into that, how is he going to know? How are they going to know? I can invite the Lord into every area of my life. And I had this really, really amazing moment with him where we're talking and he's sharing some stuff and I'm like, Brooks, I got some places in scripture that I want to take you to. We'll start in Proverbs. You're not ready for the Song of Solomon. But. <laughs> who answers the questions? Who, who answers these questions? Parents, let me say this. One last thing about this. You, you, we get in this world and we're like, what do I do? And all the LGBTQ plus questions, how do I address that? You, you, you don't do that. You address what God has created and given. If you'll stay and focus and go, listen, this is what God has made and he's created. He has created the covenant of marriage for a husband and a wife. Let the truth fill their minds. When they know the truth, they'll recognize the counterfeit. All right. So that's love. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 11 says this, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write you for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so towards all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you brethren that you increase more and more that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. Ooh, there's a good word. (laughs) And to work with your own hands. Let me say that one again. And to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly towards those who are outside, that you may lack nothing. This place of work is a place that so many, they block God's spirit from giving them vision for what they're doing. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're in retirement or you're in your first job. God has purpose for the work of your hands today. He wants to speak vision to you that you would know he wants to fill. It doesn't matter what type of job that you have. It doesn't matter if you're cutting grass. You can cut grass for the purpose of God. 
And what it does is it, it allows you to live with the understanding, I am not subject to this job, I am not subject to this boss, but I am subject to the goodness of a good father who has filled me with vision and purpose. And yet we, we find ourselves, you know, the average person is uh, at least on their seventh job by the age of 30. The most recent Gallup poll about working said 87% are dissatisfied. 50% are doing as little as possible just to keep their job. Well, what does that tell us? It tells us that, that we're, we're working without vision. We're working without a place of understanding that God wants to meet us. He wants to give us purpose. He wants you to know that you're not working just so that you can pay your bills. You're working so that his beauty and his goodness is seen through your life. So let's ask some questions about work. What drew you to your work? What did God have in mind for your kind of work? Now, I got 10 questions. So listen, I'm, I'm, I got to go through. I'm already at five minutes here. So if you're taking notes, just watch it on YouTube and you can get the rest here. What do you love about your work? What do you hate about your work? What scriptures shape theology about your work? What are the ethical tensions in your work? Now, just like it is when we talk about dating and love and these places, you, you cannot wait until you're in the pressure of a moment to decide how you're going to respond. When, when, when there is a situation that is pushing you to a place of no one's going to know, this is just normal practice, how do you have the strength to know how you're going to respond in that? You answer this question today. What are the best practices for people of faith in your work? What can you do to release beauty through your work? What can you do to resist brokenness? What does excellence look like as a follower of Jesus, a Christian in your work? These are places that the Lord wants to meet us. He doesn't want us living these separate places. He wants us fully integrated, filling each part of our lives. I'm reading a book right now called The Fellowship. It's called The Fellowship, The Story of the Inklings. And it's the, the, the story of a, a group of men at Harvard that or excuse me, not Harvard, Oxford, at Oxford, that, that wanted to, the, their purpose was, we need to affect culture right now. And this group came together and they, they were there through World War I and World War II. And, and they took these questions to the Lord and they said, and they'd meet together and talk about how do we get the beauty of the gospel through what we do? And culture continues to be shaped by what came out of these men. One of them was a man named Clive Lewis, or you may know him better as C.S. Lewis. And what did he do? He, he, he took the gift of God, the work of his hands, and he painted this beautiful picture of the gospel that we see in the Chronicles of Narnia. Another one of the fellowship was J.R.R. Tolkien, that the Lord of the Rings came out of, the Hobbit. Like, think, think about that. What was in them 
and, and I'm not saying this to, to, to I, w- I want to say this to expand your vision. What's in this room, what's in Cape, what is in you by the gift of God are gifts like that that shape and transform the world around you. Tolkien had grown with this love of languages. And in the fellowship of believers, the fellowship of people that that helped each other live an integrated life, what came out of him, he created these languages that filled this book and these stories. It's amazing. Listen, that, that same creative God, his spirit lives in you. Do not allow the vision for your life to be dumbed down by a job that you hate and a boss that you think has it out for you. Can you rise above it? Say, well, how do we do that? We do that by looking to Jesus, setting our expectation on Jesus. That's the question about the place of faith for us. Do I look to Jesus? So you're going to have attacks again in your life from Satan. Jesus fully integrated. How did he answer Satan? He answered Satan with the word of God. Matthew chapter 4, he doesn't debate, he doesn't argue. He answers simply with the word. We live integrated by filling our lives with the word. It's the meditation of our heart. Jesus answered attacks from man. He answered this place where man came at him again and again and again. And what did he do when religious leaders would come at him and accuse him of all types of things? He answered with submission to the Father. He said things like this, I only do what my Father told me to do. I only say what my Father tells me to say. It's what it is to be integrated. And then before the Father, there's this prophetic word that Isaiah has in Isaiah 50, verse 7, talking about the Messiah, that the Messiah would have his face set like flint, that he would have this clarity of purpose. So this is what I'm saying, in work, in faith, in love, set your face like flint. What does that mean? It means I am going at this. I'm not gonna halfway do my job. I'm not gonna halfway cut the grass. I'm gonna do so to the glory of God, knowing that my work, the work of my hands is unto him. Listen, this, is, this thing breaks down if it's just us in our little huddle of Ocean Church saying, man, I hope people come here. I hope they hear about pastor. I hope, because sometimes pastor preaches a good message, so I hope they hear about it and they come here and it grows that way. That's not how this thing happens. It happens by you and I being filled with the word of God, submitted to the Father, setting our heart, our face like flint to go, God, I'm gonna do what you've called me to do. It doesn't matter what work it is. It doesn't matter if I'm single or I'm married. I live for your purposes. Luke 16 records Jesus, it says, he set his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. He was fully engaged with the purpose of the Father. And that that sounds intense, and I love to say it intense, and I, I love for you to feel that intensity. But you know what happens when you live with that intensity? 
rest. That's what happens. You know what will wear me out and make this a short run at Ocean Church with me getting to be your pastor? If I try to take the weight on to do it myself. If I put like, man, I I gotta be a great pastor today. And and so in the lobby, I'm gonna make sure that I say everything right. Look, I don't have time for that. That will wear me out. God's called me. This this is one of the life messages that that God's given me. Pointing back to Colossians chapter two, verse six, that as you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. Matthew chapter 11 says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So this is what happens when we do that. It, It takes the divided places of our lives we say Jesus you've given me purpose it's in you my expectation is on you and all of that falls under this this place right here the failures growth, the wins, the losses. It comes from this place that I live in Christ. I live in Christ. I'm not segmented all over. And I know in that place, like, like when, when I mess up and it's ugly and Anna and I get into it and, and I know like this is on me, I have a place to go, come Holy Spirit. Listen, he cannot transform a pretend version of you but he will meet you and transform you in his grace when it's you. And we're integrous, not perfection, whole, complete, not segmented out, but life before him. Would you bow your heads? Cape, if you do the same, I simply wanna pray what Jesus said in his prayer In John chapter four, John chapter four, verse 23, Jesus said these words. He says, the hour is coming, it's now at hand, where the Father is looking for worshipers, and he called them true worshipers, that would worship in spirit and in truth. So today's a day where we get to become integrated. And we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to the segmented parts of our lives. I don't know if that's things with job, your job, things with relationships and family and dating and everything else. I just know that the Holy Spirit is drawing us saying, I wanna meet you with my grace if you'll respond to me in spirit and in truth. 
My spirit's drawing you. Would you be honest with me? So Lord, right now I pray, Lord, for every single person at the sound of my voice in Cape, in Estero, online, Lord, I pray that today would be a day of integration. Lord, that we would invite you to meet us. Well, thank you that but you don't ask us to, to try to fit a profile before we come to you. You simply ask us to respond to your love with faith. And so we do that today. We say, Jesus, we believe in you. As we've received you, Lord, we received you with nothing to bring except our faith. We received you without works. We received you without a list of cleanup. We received you by faith and your grace met us in that moment. So God, I pray that we would return to that moment, that we would live from that moment. Lord, fill every heart with courage. Lord, those at their job that, that Lord, they need fresh wind of your spirit to see their job, to feel your strength, to meet them, to be able to do what you've called them to do is unto you. Watching you transform the world around them by your power, your grace. Lord, help us see it. Oh, would you strengthen hearts today? Give us vision for what it is to live with your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to connect with us, visit oceanchurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.